Hi, y'all. Welcome to another episode of the Off Screen Central podcast. I'm Kinsey and I'm here with Jillian. How are you doing, Jillian? I'm good. How are you? I'm, listen, we're here to talk about like how nothing's been going on the last two weeks as normal during award season before everything really kicks off again. And I'm like, I'm really tired, even though not that much has been going on for us to keep up with after the nominations dropped like we have a little break before voting starts so it's been a little all quiet on the awards front but I'm really tired I think we're both in LA the rainy weather is just taking us out I guess I don't know I needed a lazy Sunday and I didn't get a lazy Sunday so you know you know yeah but um I guess we can just start off like we're it's been really quiet and we're about to head into just so many guilds and voting periods we're so close we're like a week out from the Oscar nominee luncheon which is really exciting except this year there's no Tom Cruise um for everyone to take photos with which was one of my favorites yeah imagine he's like the MC or something I don't know they need like at least like one person that is like everyone wants to take a photo with. Yeah, so. that was like really exciting to watch last year because it was definitely him. Like, yeah. but um, this who's it gonna be this year? Mark Ronson? No. <laughs> it's <pretty> cool, <laughs> but like, um, I feel like actually maybe Jodie Foster. Oh yeah, I would take photos with Jodie Foster. Yeah, like, and I feel like everybody likes her. Like, yeah, and she's just like fun to be around. She always seems like she's having a good time, no matter where she is. Yeah, maybe. Country. (laughs) We we basically just need to see who. I think that's who it'll be. Honestly, but we're close to DGA, which is on the tenth. Um, and then we have like so many guilds where they're wrapping up their voting or their award shows are being hosted. Um, so it's like everything's in motion. It's just like a weird period. Um, you know, we found out who the real Agent Argyle was, which I guess was the big news. Um, and I didn't see it. I just um found out who he is, who they are. So you know <laughs> that was the time um but I got to see Tenet in 70 millimeter IMAX which was really exciting um protagonal like we're here for them um but Chris Nolan was on hand with Denis Villeneuve moderating and it was a really exciting discussion and it's funny that like he's using Tenet to promote Oppenheimer you know what like I don't know it's just so funny and like seeing that movie with that crowd like when he when Oppenheimer's brought up it was like the Leo meme of everyone pointing at the screen and I was like what is going on it was it was funny it was a funny time at the El Royale um but yeah so I think that because there's not been much going on there's just been all these like insane takes on the internet um but I guess the thing that stands out to me the most still is that I feel like the Oppenheimer momentum is just like growing which feel 
it's weird to feel like there's no backlash to like you know when like something's the front runner and there's like a backlash to it despite Oppenheimer coming out last summer like I don't really think there's a major backlash and it's just the momentum keeps building for it which is really exciting yeah they just did all like fun events for it in London and New York and I think they're gonna be in LA this week so they're like on this continual tour that like also doesn't feel exhausting to be like oh my god they're still they're still at it (laughs) You're kind of like, oh my God, they're in the theater. Like, let's go. Like, I kind of want to go see it again, but I'm like, is that crazy to go watch it at nighttime? Like, I don't know, but it's like, I I feel like everyone's just like, I want to see it again. And then just the added bonus, if you happen to be in a theater that Christopher Nolan is stopping by at. Yeah, it's really like, it's like you said, there's like a real excitement around like new discussions they're having, like, Yesterday, American Cinema Tech did some, um, like, a screening and then a conversation with Robert Downey Jr. And it's, like, there's still new things to be said. And people are still finding things out about, like, the way they shot things and, like, the process of it. And, you know, like, that doesn't really happen that often with movies, especially frontrunners. Like, I just feel like there's always some sort of target on its back or, like, annoyance, even if it's not, like, a real issue like we just find something because we get so bored over time but I don't think that's happened with Oppenheimer which is really crazy um but I guess we're like moving into all these guilds so it'll be really interesting to see if Oppenheimer kind of sweeps like every place it's eligible Uh it's gonna I was thinking about this like it's gonna be really funny if it wins VES the Visual Effects Society and then like if it also wins like BAFTA because yeah. it's not it wasn't even eligible like at the Oscars to be nominated yeah. and then I was thinking about it it's like well what's the front like how do you pick what your like your prediction for visual effects then you know yeah personally I I really think it's Napoleon like I think there's a world where it's Godzilla minus one for visual That'd effects. Be so good. It'd be so good. It'd be one of the coolest winners ever. But I just am like they, I don't know. It feels like you can't ignore all these nominations that Napoleon picked up, including production design, which typically the visual effects winner will also have a production design nomination. And that's the only yeah one in this case but the last time where that didn't happen it was ex mahina which was also like a low budget like indie quote-unquote like kind of movie that was like a cool vibe to like it being a potential winner so it feels like if it's not godzilla it's just napoleon but it's like so frustrating that like it should just be oppenheimer like (laughs) it is so weird like I just, I don't know. I feel like, especially like, you know, like when you're like 10 years out from a movie and you're like, oh, what awards was this nominated for? I feel like people are going to be like, what do you mean it wasn't nominated for visual effects? Like, what do you mean? (laughs) It's so funny. Um, But, you know, I think you should see Oppenheimer again. I like it that much where I would go see it again. And I feel like it like demands a theatrical experience so it's like you got to keep going while we still have the opportunity to 
see it in a theater. Yeah, because I was going to watch it at home because I have two DVDs of it. And I was like, oh, what if I just watch it? But I'm like, it just wouldn't, there's like, wouldn't be the same to watch it at home. Like the movies, I'm like, oh, like I'll watch it. I'll stream it. Like this one, I'm like, it just, it's a movie that needs to be on the theater screen and not the way that chris nolan talked about tenant during the peak of the pandemic is actually how he should be talking (laughs) about oppenheimer right now it's like someone someone on twitter was like um oppenheimer's success is due to barbie and i'm like i think like when it came out there's half of that but then it's like that ignited people to like watch it and it's literally the only one that's still in theaters that's re-released every week so it's like there's obviously an audience for it or like I think there was always an audience for it and then I think like an audience grew with it that like probably people were like unexpected to be you know into the film but it's like I think it speaks a lot that it's the only best picture nominee that like has never stopped its release yeah, I think that both Barbie and Oppenheimer complemented each other, like box office wise, the first like few weeks or even like the first two months, to be honest. Like I feel like people initially went out to see them both as just like a joke of Barbenheimer. And then like there were people who probably felt left out that they didn't participate in that. But then it's just like I don't know, like it's two different like crowds and it's like like there are so many people that I know that have seen Oppenheimer multiple times in theaters and they're not people that would go see a movie multiple times in theaters but I do think they played off of each other but like Oppenheimer still almost made a billion dollars like that wasn't just because of Barbie and the same thing for like Barbie didn't make a billion dollars just because of Oppenheimer like they both weighed into each other but I was thinking about this because I just feel like does Oppenheimer just go all out at the Oscars? Like, does it win, like, picture, director? I feel like those two feel very also secure. Good about them. Actor, I don't feel that. I honestly think that actor, I feel like Paul Giamatti will probably win SAG most likely and then Killian feels like he'll most likely win the BAFTA and then I think it really just depends on the momentum like heading into the Oscars what Um, if it's Bradley wouldn't that be so funny if like everyone had been like harassing this this (laughs) 12-time Oscar loser on the internet and they were like I don't like this movie and then he just won anyway what if he went SAG well, yeah, I feel like he has a real shot at SAG. Like, if there's anywhere. Like, maybe he has a Jamie Lee Curtis moment and changes up everything. I It's funny. I feel like... I don't know. Because I guess... I don't remember her speech at SAG, but I do remember people being like, like Michelle, yo. Michelle, yo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, like, Carrie Mulligan. Carrie <laughs> <laughs> I just I don't know man like I feel like it's probably Paul yeah but you are right I do think that's the most likely place if any shot for Bradley that it would be there 
And I did see a new billboard yesterday for Maestro that acknowledged the Oscar nominations, but it specifically said SAG nominee Bradley Cooper. And I was like, interesting. Yeah. Choice of words. It'll be nice, but I think it's Paul Giamatti. And I think he'll give another great speech. And then I think Killian wins BAFTA. And then I really think we just won't know, like, if that's the way it unfolds. Like, I feel like we won't know until the night of the Oscars. But so that's a potential third win for Opti. Yeah. Adapted screenplay. I really think it's Barbie or American fiction. Yeah. I think it's American fiction. I just, I, Oppenheimer is a great screenplay. I just like, I don't, it doesn't feel like they're going to give him three Oscars in one night. Like, I don't know. There's just something about it that I'm like, I feel like people, like, I don't think Academy voters are like voting like, I'm going to spread the wealth specifically, but I do think they're going to be like, he's getting director. Like, I'm not going to give him, like, I think there's going to be that thought no matter how good the screenplay is. Yeah. And then. It's not like it's Roma where they gave him like a million. They were like, we'll just keep going. (laughs) Like, I feel like with Roma, they were like, technically he didn't get to keep the international feature (laughs) Oscars. They were like, we got to make sure he leaves with something. And then he just actually left with everything except Best Picture. Yeah. Um, They're like, gravity wasn't enough. (laughs) I don't think we went as hard as we should have. Uh, I think it wins score, unless Killers of the Flower Moon wins score. But I mean, Ludwig won the Grammy tonight. So we'll see. I think that one's really close, kind of like, not as close as actor, but I do think it's really close because the killer score is just so beloved. Yeah. Um, and the killer score, I was thinking about it. Like, you know, like when they play the music of somebody like when like it wins over and over and over. Like the killer score would be is gonna be like such a good one when you go back and you watch like speeches, you know, of like them like walking up to the music. <laughs> like that score is so good. Yeah. Like, and I know what part of which track they're gonna play, like in my mind. Oh um uh I feel like it wins sound. Yeah. Even though Zone of Interest should win, but should win. Yeah. But like you know, like I really hope they do like those cool clips of like this is sound. You know, like this is the I mean it obviously doesn't make much sense now that we have one category versus editing and mixing, but like I wish they would do that. But it's like I feel like everybody knows the Oppenheimer scene. It's like clearly the bomb going off is like the sound play. And it's like I don't it's just I don't know. Even though I really do think if we were really looking at this category, zone of interest would just run away with it. Um, Film editing, I feel like it wins, Jen. Yes. Academy Award winner. Um, What else is it picking up? Oh, supporting actor. I just, I totally blacked out Robert Downey. (laughs) I'm so sorry to the Iron Man fans. I just totally blacked him out in my mind. I was like moving on. Yeah, he's winning. I don't think. I would like it to be different, even though I'm an Oppenheimer fan. I just, I would like it to be Ryan Gosling. Listen, and I apologize to our friend Jacob, where I was like, a year ago I was like shut up Barbie's not gonna be in the acting categories even though now it's in two but I was like you're dumb like and then the movie came out and everyone including like everyone was like Ryan Gosling Oscar nominee and I was like they don't go for that and then I was wrong they went for it but since they went for it I wish they would just go for it you know like it is a great comedic 
performance and I really think it would be so deserving and it makes me really sad song and supporting actor and there you go there you go like that makes sense um I think it is between RDJ and Ryan Gosling like I don't think anybody else is people are starting to come around on like I don't think he's winning but people are starting to like like Danero was doing a Q&A today and I think people are mm-hmm. trying to have more of a conversation around his role um I don't think it's like I don't think he's winning but like it's it's starting to get in he's starting to get in there at this yeah, like he's in the conversation more than he was yeah. which is like great timing on Apple's behalf <laughs> like like that is great timing to like, like his character is so scary so scary and it's like that movie doesn't work if he's not that scary and like the line that he the way he the line he navigates of like being like deceiving versus being like genuine with like who he is as a terrible person it's like only someone like Robert De Niro could pull that off and I think that they're really shifting the conversation to be about that yeah Um, and not to not to plug us but um even today talking to the the production designers who hopefully will have that piece soon on the site once I transcribe it but they <laughs> were about like when they were designing the houses for the characters and I was like they for his interior they're like it needs to be like he needs to be scary and his house needs to like reflect that and it's just like those little like nuances to kind of make sure that was that point was across like so far you know, because he was the one that was behind all of these killings. Uh, and it's like, he's so scary. I love that. I can't wait to read that conversation. I like the idea of like, even though we didn't really spend that much time. I realized this the last time I rewatched it. Like I rewatched it at home and I was like, it's weird. Like that's like kind of like the first home you go into. And then I feel like we never really go back to it. Like, because yeah. it's like always at um, Lily's character's house, Molly's um but that's really interesting um I don't think there's even a chance of Emily Blunt I no no (laughs) no No. it's just an honor to be there um there I think you know what I think with this nomination for Emily Blunt because it's like her first nomination and I really do think she's deserved other nominations in the past I think this is actually like the opposite of what normally happens you know when someone's nominated too much and then they eventually win for something not great yeah I feel like it's the opposite for her like I don't like it's not her she's really great in the movie I just don't like the way that Kitty's written yeah. um but I think that maybe she'll eventually win for like something really great like that we could she could get through for this like I feel like we'll it's see kind of- her win just like for something more worthy of her presence I guess Mary Poppins three you know what I would have nominated her for Mary Poppins. I, would have I thought she, I, I yeah. loved that movie and I thought she was so great in it. It was so good. I was like, oh, is she going to get the slot? Yeah. And, she did. and then she like, won. Remember when she won for A Quiet Place at Sad? Yeah. Like, what yeah. was that? Oh, but the, I mean, I think the industry just really loves her. And like, yeah. I don't know. Like, it feels yeah. like a, a great first nomination. It's just like, it's so funny because I'm like, as an actress, she's like so far above like the wife. Part, you know like yeah um, it's kind of like when you have to see because like I do think she does what needs to be done with the material and like the way that she talks about it is really fascinating 
it's just like interesting of what you're saying like she's done so much and so many like interesting parts and it's like she had to play this to get yeah. the recognition it's it's just like when you look back at every part she's played it's like I don't know it's just like so weird this is her first nomination yeah. like, it's like it's she's played the wife before but it's like it's like much more than the wife yeah it's interesting but um happy she's there I won't be happy to see her husband at the Oscars but I, I'm happy she'll be there um she always looks beautiful on a red carpet she does she does um production design costume design I don't think they're winning except I will say other than Napoleon actually I I don't mind the production design Napoleon but I really like all the nominees in both production design and costume design like I it's weird that that happened like I feel like sometimes there's always one where you're like oh this was like I was kind of bracing myself to be honest for like a holdovers production design. Like I was like something's coming. Well, like like because I dislike Napoleon a lot as a movie, but I mean the production design and costume design are good. I mean I don't um, think they're very period accurate from what I understand, yeah. but they're good. Like it's they're like it's fine for them to be there. I still cannot get over Napoleon not being in sound yeah that's where you would have thought like it is so weird um like if you're gonna give it three nominations might as well give it another one and yeah those it feels very weird so we have it winning four right oppy sound or sound picture Edit- director supporting actor editing oh editing five i think it's at five five and if they're really loving it six at least score six at most oh did we say score we didn't yeah i don't think we score, included score. sound editing director picture supporting actor six is so many i mean isn't it so weird like we went like a really long time without um um like films oh cinematography oh yeah seven that's winning seven wow that's crazy also uh they need to change some people's imdb photos like first off (laughs) first off emma thomas's imdb photo has her with a baby i am unsure if it's like her baby or baby on set but why did like she is probably one of the most established female producers like what are we why are we doing that um dang seven feels like a lot I actually okay in my mind it for sure wins directing not for sure but like I feel pretty secure directing picture sound also I keep thinking about this because what if we're always saying that, like, we're always tying makeup and acting. What if it just, like, pulls makeup along? That's what I wanted to say. You're I... like, but I could not because everyone would be like Jillian Oppenheimer, just. <laughs> I wanted to say that because I there's a world, you know, because um, it's like, 
I think you know that you're not director that actor and makeup are going to split like unless it's like like it's not going to match up and it's not going to match up to actress and you know like it's it's like I think everyone's predicting uh maestro but like I mean I don't think there's a world world where you count out Bradley Cooper like you you never know at this point like think anything could happen but I think like there's a great chance it splits of something one's there and something one's after and they're not going to be the same but I'm like if you're going to do that statistic it could only be Oppenheimer and both or Maestro and both or it could be actress instead of actor it could be Emma Stone and the makeup's technically oh that's true that's true Willem Dafoe if, in your mind but keep I mean, forgetting about poor things Oh no comment. No comment. No uh, comment. <laughs> but I like I personally would give it okay. If you're voting at the Oscars, you're voting. Okay. Pitcher. Oppie. Yeah. <laughs> Director. Um, I honestly I wanna go with Justine. Okay. Uh actor, Killy. Killian. Killy XCX. Killy XCX. Um, actress? Sandra. Okay. Supporting actor. Ryan. Supporting actress. Like, who's in the category? It's so funny because Divine's just like sweeping it. So I guess, <laughs> like, I don't remember who's in Sorry. Sorry to like the other women. Like, I don't like none of the, not to be mean to the women of the category. It's like none of the performances are necessarily like my favorite. Yeah. But like I like them all as people and I, I like Divine a lot. Okay. Um, cinematography? I want to say Maestro. Yeah. Huh. Makeup, would you do Oppie? I want to say that, but not for like the aging parts of the film. The de aging. Well, it's like I want to say for the de aging and then the consistency of making sure that like this ensemble of actors who are all different generations at least look like they are the same generation is which I think is the more impressive feat mm-hmm. of tracking that. Um, and I think that like I don't want to be mean to like Bradley like his transformation, which I also think the transformation is good. I just think that to me that what they did in Opie was really cool. If you were voting for sound, what would you? The zone. The zone. The um, zone. I, I dig it. I, let me tell you, if I was voting all five places that zone is nominated, I'd vote zone. All five categories it's in. I think there's just nothing like it, which is something I wanted to talk about on, I, I have a microphone we have a podcast. I'm going to speak on it. The so the zone of interest has opened. I don't think it's fully wide. I think next Friday is yeah. like fully wide in the US at least. Yeah. Um so and I don't want to be mean to general audiences because I actually found I can't remember her name. Like she is not I'll find it and I'll try to link it um she's not like a 
a critic she just like talks about all kinds of movies like she'll go watch them like at amc is where she goes and she'll post it and you know because this is my thing i watched one bad tiktok okay i watched one bad tiktok of someone talking about zone of interest and then my whole fyp page was like just horrible takes on the zone of interest like the same thing for me except it's about french toast french toast i was looking at a french toast recipe Wait. oh now- i thought you were saying bad takes on french toast oh, i was I- like well what's the bad take oh it's like that and then like there's like this dumpling machine on tiktok that apparently like it's faulty and then i was like i did not look that up it just came up and now it's like it Every goes video yeah it's i'm like I already made my friend post. I don't need another. Wait, so before we get back to the zone of interest, if you're okay, you have three options only waffles, pancakes, or French toast. What are you ordering? A waffle. Oh yeah? yeah. Like a plain one, like a Belgian waffle. Like what are you getting? I probably go French toast. Okay. Are you judging me? Do you no. not approve of my I- answer? Well, I, I had like a loaf of bread and I was like, well, I don't have anything to make a sandwich. So I guess I'll just make 10. Have you, um, if, have you ever had challah French toast? Like you, instead of bread, you use challah. It's so good. Um, Interesting. Interesting. I can't believe I was like, what are the bad takes on French toast? <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I love French toast. Um, There's some good recipes on that app. If you're looking for I'll, I'll probably do it because i love on sundays i go ham so um but so i watched one bad review of like just a normal person being like i can't believe this movie made me spend time with nazis and humanizing them and i was like what um and then this content creator he posted just the trailer and like him talking about it like he hadn't seen it and he made it clear he had not seen the movie but he was like i think it's dangerous and this guy has a lot of followers and he was like i think it's dangerous this movie and like what it's saying but it was weird because he was like very clear that he had not seen it and i was like so why are you saying like what it's saying because like first off you're wrong like you know like what i don't know but I, I interacted. I commented. I was, like, you're, I was like, you're dangerous for spreading misinformation. Like, there was a TikToker yesterday. There's, okay, there's like, I'm on TikTok and there's like, sometimes there's like people that like are in the universe of TikTok that I don't follow them. But like once in a while, I'm like, huh, like, what are they up to? Like, what did they see this movie at? Like, because they are always have like the most deranged takes so I was like oh good they put an Oscar snubs thoughts video and I'm watching it and the thing that they're they're like I don't know I think it's going to back to your point I'm like when did the zone of interest become the villain of like everyone of them being like I don't think it should be I'm like that's telling me you didn't watch the film yeah that's your first inkling and then like everyone that's that's jumping on the anti-Justine train I'm like you can't say like oh my god like we're excluding women and then be like get Justine out of here like but it's like the zone it's of interest. so funny to me you couldn't watch the movie yeah and, like, it's so funny all to the me. movies that are in there and you want to put in like 
past lives I'm like the zone of interest is the most timely movie to put in right now like don't take that like take out four things I don't know no like that's what really upsets me is like people default to and it's not just because I like anatomy of a fall in the zone of interest it's like those just feel like the two that everybody defaults to to be like let's take them out and put in and I'm like I mean, we knew people who saw Zone of Interest at Cannes and they were like, that is a movie that the director's branch goes for. And I also think, like you're saying, it is not only just such an important film, but there is nothing more timely other than, I think, Killers of the Flower Moon. But I think they're really complementary of each other and exploring, like, what is going on right now in the world that we're all just not... Like, we're all going on with our days. And I think that, like, like even if we don't want to, it's, like, that's just what's happening. And, and um, like the same people are, like, they're, like, oh, I can't wait for Dune. And I'm, like, guess what? It's the same thing, but they're not going to acknowledge it. Yeah. Like, it's just, I don't, I don't understand why Justine Triet specifically and then the zone of interest overall like so many people are like I would take that out in this category and put and it's and it has nothing to do with the fact that I like it it's just like that I if in every category it's in that's the the movie I would never take out like yeah and I understand like the argument to take it out of adapted screenplay and put in killers like sure I get it and then I'm also like what do you really take out of adapted screenplay like poor things I like the screenplay of poor things. I do. And I do like the way they adapted it. I just like I wish a lot. I I can't believe a second podcast I'm defending or bringing up Matt Damon in a positive light. But just like he didn't want him and Ben Affleck to write from the female's perspective. Yeah. So, so they brought on a woman. Yeah. And that's what makes the last duel so great. And they could have done that on poor things. That's all I'm saying. Um but so I get I keep seeing all these horrible takes on the zone of interest as more and more people who not only ge- like I guess just like general audiences are like finding it, which one is so exciting to me that like people are like seeking out what was nominated for a best picture. Like I think that's really exciting and it proves that like I mean everybody's treating it, but it's like there was like a significant box office boost for every single yeah. movie that was nominated for an Oscar, and it's like that helps people are like i should check this out specifically to see why but i do think with zone of interest there's that downfall of like this is not really a movie for like we were talking about it last night like i just have a really hard time recommending it to people like i it's not for everyone just like every movie it's not for everyone like but it's just it's asking a lot of its audience and I don't think like a general audience person with no understanding first off like it's so funny I don't think Jonathan Glazer has one accessible film yet this is his least accessible film and it's the one that's like the most acknowledged (laughs) but like it's just it's leading to a lot of bad takes but going back to this one girl I gotta find her TikTok I'm never gonna find it um but she had a really like eloquent explanation to it and I was like you know what like I don't know and then I watched all of her little TikToks on movies and I was like she has good takes I really 
don't know. But there's this one guy I posted his TikTok on Twitter and I I feel kind of bad. But here's my thing. I don't feel bad because you, not you, but like whoever, if, if you're going to film your reaction to a movie, like you put it out there for us to comment yeah. on. Like, I don't know what to tell you. But this guy starts his review out. What the, you think your neighbors are bad. And I was like, this is not the movie. Like, I don't know. And then it's also just like, it goes into that whole debate people have over like joke letterboxed reviews. Like, I just, I don't think this is the movie for that. Like, I don't not like saying, how, I'm not telling people this is how you should use XYZ, like TikTok or letterboxed or whatever it's just like I don't know this isn't the movie for that like I just I don't know I don't know it's the same thing with like I don't think Killers of the Far Moon is the movie for that like yeah I just think there are certain movies like we don't have to joke about it like I don't I don't know but zone of interest going wider and then eventually completely wide in the U.S. is leading to a really insane discussion and I think it also, there's this, um, I think we need to talk about YouTubers. Well, also like this person, this other person, what if we were talking about, I don't think we're talking about the same person, but um, they're like, how come A24 put in so much money last year for everything, everywhere, all at once. And then they decided to only put money into the zone of interest and not past lives. And it's like, they don't put money into anything, one. <laughs> Two, you, like, I don't know why you're getting mad at the film that, again, is the most timely topic right now and is the most cultural. Like, Past Lives is a great film, and I understand the argument for that, but it's like, I don't like to say that and be like, why is all the marketing going to the zone of interest and not like this other film? It's like, we know that they don't have money, and two, like, this movie I also don't think had a marketing budget it's just like whatever like people more so like cling on and I think that also brings up what we've talked about is like the international aspect of that branch specifically like I know a lot of people abroad that didn't relate to past lives the way that like Americans have and I think that's what speaks in the nominations that the two films got like the zone of interest is really a universal story no like I think that and it's something that we brought up a lot last year which was A24 historically has not done a great job of having multiple films in contention and also we were very we were very like I didn't see Brendan really pulling it off until they announced that the whale won makeup and then I just wanted to turn off the Oscars last year but the difference is two things. First off, Past Lives premiered at Sundance and held momentum that whole time to, like, I, you were on um, Next Best Picture talking about all the Sundance films you saw and, like, your experience at Sundance. And there's always this disconnect between, like, when a movie premieres at Sundance and then, like, when it comes out. Because if it comes out too quickly after Sundance, it's like they that's their only boost of 
conversation like it's not two separate conversations it's just like Sundance leading into the film's release and then that's kind of it no matter how good the film is it's just like that's what happens versus like something like specifically past lives like January last year premiered at Sundance and everyone was like this is the greatest movie ever like oh my god and then it held that momentum until its release in June and now come January the following year it like I I too wish it was nominated for actress supporting actor and lead actor like I too wish there was more of a conversation about Celine Song and director yeah but it wasn't the sensation that everything everywhere was and like it didn't have the same like like the whale listen I removed him as my favorite director but I was a Darren Aronofsky girly okay loved the man until the whale but like there was such a momentum behind that movie because people were like I want to see Brendan Fraser again like I want to see what people are talking about and A24 the way that that film was released, like it did that on its own. And then A24 really pushed the campaign for that movie around Brendan specifically, which therefore went to the makeup. And that is why that the whale kind of like fell off everywhere. Like it got into PGA and then didn't get in picture. And that was because of the way the campaign was structured. It wasn't about, they pushed those two things. And I think that's really what happened with past lives is like, they did really push Greta and um, I think a little bit for Teyu, but I don't think it was as strong as like it could have been. But I also just think like they like, I'm sorry, Leo missed in lead actor. Like yeah. it was yeah. a, it was a top heavy year for but actors of like a it, brand name. Yeah, kind of. it's, it's like, that's the thing. It's a hard, con- it's not like it, it, all these films. I'm like, there is honestly not one that I would like in my sad films that I like miss, but like, who do you take out like I also don't feel there's like an awards villain this year like even though people want to put it on Maestro and I guess now Zone of Interest and Justine it's like people are making these films like they're not like AI generated like well and to me like personally like and I'm speaking about my own opinion I don't like I agree with you like I don't think any of these films set out to do like something bad or like they had like ill intentions I'm not saying that like films like that are but like I thought the whale was really offensive like you know like it was like and I'm not like someone who's like easily offended it's just like as someone who had an eating disorder like I don't it made me feel so uncomfortable with the way it depicted his eating disorder and like the binge eating scene it was like a lot to watch and I mean it wasn't a lot to watch in a way where like it made me uncomfortable like I didn't like the angles that were used to show him and like there were things about it that just like did not it left me like with a negative feeling about the way that they framed Charlie as a person and um I just realized his name is Charlie (laughs) and um like I I don't know like there isn't a movie like that this year where I'm like it had ill intentions of what it was exploring and I think I understand like that's how I feel people might feel differently and like think something is like has like a mean energy to it but like I like I don't know like I'm lower on the holdovers in American fiction than everybody else but like they're still like good movies like I'm like I'm over like for the most part like I'm pretty happy with the nominations like 
I don't like the visual effects nomination for Napoleon. That's it. That's it. I just, I don't like that. But, no. like, I don't know. Like, and I think that it's, like, going back to what we were talking about, like, there's no target on Oppenheimer's back, but I feel like people are just making takes up out of boredom of there yeah. not being something for us to, like, latch on to, essentially. Like, well, do it for a film that you've seen. Like, don't don't talk about yeah. this interest and be like, oh, I read the synopsis. I have no interest in seeing it. Like, great, fine, love it. But don't, like, use your, like, your for weird. Like, I know it's a hard movie to watch, but I think, like, the way that these people are who haven't seen it are thinking it, thinking the reasons why it's a hard movie to watch. Like, it's not actually what the movie, like, is. And so it's, and it's also like, well, if you're also willing to watch a lot of historical films within the past few years that are actually showing the violence, but, like, refuse to watch one that, you have to imagine it is also an interesting point but it's like just don't speak on it like go ahead and that's the thing it's like talk about something you like like and also like going back to the past lives thing it's like everyone knows who like jonathan glazer is like people like he has made films before like justine is like made documentaries before like it's going to be harder for a debut director who does not have like a phenomenon like everything ever all at once that played to a large international like crowd like it's going to be harder for someone like Celine Song to automatically like land in and I also think it goes to like the critics and the voters are not the same like a movie can have great critic appeal and you know that's it like it's not then it's not automatically means that like because we're like indicators but it's not we don't have the same sentiment that the academy voters have so just because something plays well with critics does not guarantee it to be like nominated for 10 different things yeah i just think it was i don't know i think she was close but just like i think that the film was more pushed as a screenplay nomination especially Uh like i don't know that movie just like had such a long life cycle and it's such a small movie to like be able to hold up that momentum yeah that I mean like I was really worried it's gonna be not be knocked out of picture so like yeah I I I don't know like in in my world it would have been picture director lead actor lead actress supporting actor and original score because it's one of my most listened to scores of last year I really love the score um but we don't live there it's sad but like all I keep thinking is like at least Alexander Payne didn't get in like that's all I keep thinking is I'm like at least he didn't get in like we didn't have that um that's who that's where the hit pieces are gonna start coming it's for that movie uh I I just saw a billboard for it and I was like wow because I didn't see a billboard for it until now like and there's no Dominic on it it's sad they cut him out I do really love all the actors in that and like I get the clips on TikTok of like my the moments that I do like of the film and I mean I think it's fine <laughs> it's not for it me that's what it needs to do um but the discussion on zone of interest is just I don't know it's not that people can't not like movies like you're allowed to not like them it's just like see them and at least attempt to understand them like the person whose letterbox review was like i decided to start texting instead of watching it i'm like okay but then you didn't watch it like and you you yourself made that i don't know 
it's just frustrating and it's it happens every time a movie that's more like art house or avant-garde like goes wider it's like consumed I, I, also it's feel, just it's never it's not even like elitist and I feel like that's what people want well, to put- normally I would agree if you're like dictating how someone consumes a movie or like this is like you're not understanding it it is like elitist to talk like that but it's just like the zone of interest is like I'm I it's so crazy the Oscars went for it like it is so uh-huh. crazy but it's just like because that's just how powerful it is and like how perfectly he's exploring everything he's going over in the film and it's just frustrating to see the sort of conversation around it when it's just like there's no attempt by some people not everyone like some people just don't like it and that's totally fine especially when like they're like well thought out with what they're saying did not work for them like that is okay but the people who are like I was texting I was bored I fell asleep like it's like I don't there's just no attempt to even fully watch it and that's what is so frustrating yeah. but you know like a lot of my coworkers said they would watch it but a couple of them were like it's a little heavy so I want to watch it at home in case I need a breather and I was like that makes sense to me I think like some people like it's a lot to ask of someone like mentally especially with everything going on so it's it's a challenge. Um, I want to bring up our other villain of Maestro and get on my get on my soapbox. I feel like I'm with- like I'm like <laughs> is she is she changing sides? Is she on I mean, my side? No, what is I, happening? I mean, I'm so scared. That's another movie where it's like don't make a ten minute video about what you didn't like about it and how you didn't learn anything about Leonard. Like there's a great documentary on Max about Leonard Bernstein. Go check it out if that's what you wanted to take away from the movie. It's to me, I don't think like the director or like obviously the the kids were involved and like them. You know, I don't think it, they're owing it to you as the audience to tell you every single thing that happened in this person's life. I think it's perfectly fine if you want to make a movie about someone and focus on like an aspect of it, and that's what they decided to do was to focus on the marriage between Felicia and um and Lenny, and it was like more of the thing that you would expect from a Leonard Bernstein movie. We're kind of in the background, like. I think it took a few watches to connect with his music aspect of it. And like, yeah, he's always talking about it. But like, don't like if I was coming into this movie and be like, oh, am I going to learn how like the West Side story score was written and like the lyric? Like if I was like coming in for that, obviously, I would be very disappointed. And so it's like I feel like you can't go and then talk about the movie in a way that like it was never expected to be about that. Well, Okay, and do you agree that if that was the movie we got, people would be like, I didn't want a cradle to grave biopic. Yeah. Like I wanted to know him on a personal level, not a professional level. Like I could just read Wikipedia if I Well, it's also like people were like, Oh, I'm upset about the way that they portrayed his sexual orientation, because then I had to look up if he was bisexual or not. And I'm like the framing of the movie is him giving an interview and obviously he's not going to reveal every single aspect of his sexuality he's going to allude to it but he's not he's doing an interview like that is the entire framework of the film like he's gonna and it's not even like a progressive time of when he's telling it like 
even his relationship with his kids like he was trying to protect them like there are just so many layers to it that it's like I want people to just think like okay I'm sorry you had to look it up if he was bisexual or not because you weren't sure but like that's not a note on the movie that's just a note on you like actively going in for things that aren't there or like well, not like, following the conversations of how he's just it. let's just say it the movie opens with a quote about what art is and like how it's consumed and I think that's on purpose clearly and I don't understand what could be more blunt than black screen with yellow text with a quote basically being like it's up to you on how you yeah. interpret this like I like I don't know what to tell you like I don't think it could be I don't know it's and once again I love Maestro so this is not because I love it it's just like the hatred and vitriol that this movie's getting is so crazy and listen listen I I like Jake Gyllenhaal I do I don't know what is going on with like him as an action actor lately like I don't understand that path I don't know what's but going you on cannot... in general right now because of the the allegations. I don't even know what to think about that. Like, okay? but I just, we would not, we would have gotten, and I, listen, I loved Elvis. This is not a knock entirely, but I think we would have gotten like something like Elvis. Yeah. Not yeah. something like, I don't know, like, and we talked about this on our nomination reaction podcast, but for me, and I know you agree also, like it's the really small, subtle moments of Maestro that like means so much, like for me watching Bradley's performance, but also just like the structure of the screenplay, like there's like this real care for him as a human and like everything he was feeling and like obviously we don't know that but like the interpretation of it is so I don't know it like really like makes you even though like we'll never relate to being someone of Lenny's like stature but like it made him just like a man like a human like these moments where he's like coming to terms with like he didn't feel he could be fully himself he felt like he had to put something on to protect his family like he yeah. could never just like be Lenny like and it yeah. was like and it was like it's like worded in that um argument with um on Thanksgiving where it's like she talks about how he's gonna die alone and like the curse of being him and like his talent and like what it does to him and he even says he's like you don't know how hard it is and it's like no like she doesn't know but she's like putting up with it like yeah. like and but it's like it's just like a really like complex look at him as a person despite all his accomplishments and I don't think we would have gotten something like that with Jake Gyllenhaal well also like who was gonna direct it Doug Liveman like I don't understand like Michael Bay was gonna direct it well also like um I know you didn't see Bohemian Rhapsody I I feel like that movie obviously had its own thing, but that was one where it was like, the script was like, oh, I wanted to make a song about like the audience can uh, be 
included in it and then I got this beat in my head and then all of a sudden it goes to them in the recording studio and they're like getting like I feel like it works because Queen's music is like concert music so like you're just like oh I want to hear the song so it's like I'm I'm okay with this even though it's like it's too coincidental of everything that happens in the movie and then you get something like um you know Elton John's where like the music is kind of unfolding as the story and it's not necessarily about like you know he was sitting in this cafe and the idea for Benny and the Jets came and he started writing it down and so I think and even like Elvis like it's not necessarily about the music like the music elevates it but it's like about the myth of him and so like this too it's like I love musicians but I think it's like asking what is a music biopic and it's like I don't think everyone was like Lenny's biggest fans where they wanted to see him like putting two and two together and then like they showed us that whole sequence of him uh with like the Broadway thing of then he is the sailor and it's alluding to like he's always gonna have this this urge in his life and she's willing she knows about it and she's like okay I think I can do this and then obviously you know they had like a rocky moment but I think people need to ask of themselves like did you want a Wikipedia page or did you want like a, a deep dive into an aspect like just look up how they came up with the songs or listen to the, his Spotify. Like this is Lenny Bernstein. Like, it's just, I don't it, like if we were doing the queen biopic, it's like, yeah, like put all the songs in there. I don't care how they do them, but it's like these people are like with their energy that requires different, you know, approaches. Well, it's the whole, we're all mad about the Amy Winehouse movie because it's disrespectful and it feels like it's definitely going to be like xyz like here's her wiki i'm not going to put any effort into who she was and like what she was going through and like who she could have been and like there's this i don't know it's just like they can't do all of this like they can't do like here's how every single thing happened also like the whole interview like mid-movie like once there's the jump and they're married with their kids but like he like talks about like how hard it is to even know what he's working on because he's doing so much and I'm like every single person will have a different like this is what I want to hear about how it was done thing with Lenny and it's like that wasn't yeah there's a great documentary about it on Max and if you want the backstory and then rewatch the movie and you're like okay I know exactly what point we're at it's just I don't know it it's it wasn't always going to please everyone. And it's fine to not like my story. Oh, like, I totally get it. But it's just, like, the discourse around it is so crazy. Because I'm just, like, I I don't understand. Like, especially, speaking of Jamie Lee Curtis at SAG, when she literally did an interview and she was like, I want an Oscar. People were like, I love that honesty. Like, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, Bradley Cooper spent six years preparing for a movie he co-wrote directed produced starred in and you're mad at him like like but then you're also like he didn't give me enough like what did you want what do you want what do you mean like I just don't I don't know I don't know the girl that um refuses to watch the zone of interest that same girl who is calling her and her friends are calling this a fraudulent best picture uh nominee uh she what she went so far you're being so shady jilly she went so so shady she went so far to say that annette benning 
And Jodie Foster in Nyad did way more than Killian Murphy and Bradley Cooper could have ever done. I would like to see both of them in um, like the Speedos from Suits. Yeah. The Annette Wars. Um, But I also just think people need to I don't know. Like, there's just different types of acting. Like, they're like, I don't know what to say. And also, like, also not like the, the machine that's manufacturing biopics. Like, there's people that are making. Well, okay. And my thing is, my thing is, there's all this like this. Is, I hate the term Oscar bait so much, but everyone's like saying like this is Oscar bait. Blah blah blah. blah. Like. It's just like so dismissive of like Bradley Cooper's like a huge Lenny fan and like everything he did like to prepare and like all the research and it's just like he really loves Lenny as like an artist and it's just like so dismissive to be like he only did this to win an Oscar especially I he's not winning an Oscar like so I'm like I don't know like I don't know and it's just like we got to go to that artisan screening of Maestro and like listen to like Kazu talk about like all the work that went into perfecting this and just like Mark Bridges talking about like just for the camera test Bradley wanted like something so authentic and like like they were talking about it like on set of Licorice Pizza and it's like that is just so I don't know like no one's devoting all this time and effort just just for an Oscar. Like, sure, they want it, but, like, they, there's still, like, people who love movies and the art of making a movie. And it's really just, like, it it grinds my gears, Jillian. It grinds my gears. That's, that's how I'll leave it. But I don't know. And it's also just, like, there are worse movies. Like, I don't get it. Like, I... I don't know. Like, dumb money is right. <laughs> the fact that it's like praising that, but they're like, Maestro is a sellout. And it's like, that movie did not need, talk about a movie that did not need to be made. Talk about a movie that people put no effort into. Yeah. And I, I just, just... watched Mr. and Mrs. Smith and Paul, Paul Dano's in it. I'm like, enough of you. <laughs> I can't believe he didn't get nominated for the Fable events. I still think about it. It's so wild. Bert. Bert Fableman. Fableman. Tumblr loves that man. Let me tell you, there is some Bert Fableman X reader content every time I search for a Fableman. And dance, they had this like, I think it was on the online too. They had like their little opening, and it's like a montage of the Sundance films, and it starts off with Paul Dano and Little Miss Sunshine. And I just like missed opportunities. What a what a time. Um. But I guess we should have the discussion about lead actress. There is a Variety article that I did not read because the headline just sent me to space that lead actress is a two-horse race and no one else is there. Um, <laughs> Michelle and Kate. Um, so the streets are like, it's between Emma and Lily. Okay. Hear me out. I think Anatomy of a Fall is second or third in picture. Not that it really matters what is second or third, because I feel like Oppenheimer is just so far ahead. But I think Anatomy getting in for director and editing, despite not being widely predicted, 
I think that um, it's a front runner for original screenplay alongside The Holdovers, who I think if Anatomy's three, The Holdovers is two in picture. So yeah. But because Lily Gladstone is not nominated at BAFTA, and because Marty Scorsese was also not nominated at BAFTA, I I think that there's and like Killers Missing at screenplay at the Oscars. I think there is some slowing of its momentum, which will therefore hurt Lily Gladstone overall because. I just feel like the momentum is slowing down a little bit. Um, but like we're talking about, like this has been a lull in the campaign, like right before voting starts, they get a kind of breather. So we'll see everything pick back up, like right when voting starts again. Um on when does it start again? On the 22nd. Just interesting how it's like they're like it's between it must like none of the other leading yeah because this is my point is i think that sandra huller can win the bafta yeah and i, I think, think there's a world where anatomy of a fall could win other baftas okay and sure sandra isn't at sag but what if i'm putting my tin hat on what if annette betting sag i can see it i mean i feel like Emma doesn't really have a it's the thing with like Emma is like she doesn't really have a pool anywhere of like because even you know like when the snubs happen nobody was talking about like her two nominations like nobody just, talked about her getting producer for no best picture no one's um, really talking about her except like I, I don't even think the poor things is gonna play well at BAFTAs even though it's the most BAFTA movie you could ever imagine like and like, I don't know if she's really in the race. And I feel like the killer's misses in favor of Zone really speaks a lot to that momentum. Like, if any, if killer's is walking away with anything, I think, yeah, that's going to be Billy. I don't think it's anywhere else. It might pick up some like surprise wins, like score or like even production design. Um, but it's like, it's the conversation just should be Sandra. <laughs> well, so me and you both prefer Sandra out of this lineup. Like that's who I think both of us would personally vote for. Um, it can't be Carrie. It should be Carrie, but we're not ready for Carrie, that but conversation. It, but it can't. It also can't be Carrie because of like, that's what's so funny is like Carrie's there, but Carrie, I I actually think Carrie's fifth. So here's okay. Carrie's at the table. Emma and Lily both each won Golden Globe because they're in different categories. Emma won Critics' Choice, but when she won Critics' Choice, everyone was pretty shocked because Lily had cleaned up most of the. I mean, like every time she lost, it was to Emma in various critics groups, but it still was like Lily was dominating the critics groups for the most part. Yeah. Um. So it was shocking that, like, it's not completely shocking, but it was a surprise that Emma won Critics' Choice. But then Lily is up nominated BAFTA. And like you were saying, Poor Things feels like a BAFTA-friendly kind of film. Um, So I do think it's pretty likely Emma Stone will win there. But what if Sandra wins? And then Sandra's not at SAG. So 
Wouldn't it be hilarious if Margot Robbie won SAG? I feel like maybe I feel like maybe because everyone feels bad <laughs> for not being nominated. Wouldn't that be so funny? Honestly, it could it could be a thing because everyone feels like bad, and I feel like that's gonna help them. Even though, what do you like, think wins ensemble? Oppie. I want to say yes, but I also feel like they're not flashy enough. Well, and it, there's like a lot of discussion on like specifically Oppenheimer and Killers of the Flower Moon, like who is included in the ensemble. You think it has to be like, I don't even think it's like, honestly, I'm like, what if it's American fiction? I feel like it's Barbie. Like, I feel like people are so like, I don't know. It's just like, that's a, but I, I don't know. American fiction would be really good. Everyone loves them. They're all really established, like veteran actors that were in like very long running sitcoms. Is Tracy Ellis Ross included in the ensemble? Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good call. Because I'm also like, no one like, again, like there feels like there's like a legacy person missing in like all of these movies. It's so like new generation. And it's like, it's not like there's a movie, like I guess Robert De Niro was the closest, but it's like, I don't think people are like, oh, I really want to give him a reward for anything right now. And it's like everyone else is just like, quote unquote, like overdue or like new talent like i feel like it's mostly in the other category like directly Which, that goes further to my thing of like why emma stone like outside of her performance like what is the narrative she is gonna get old and we gotta reward her now before she ages out as a mom uh, also i keep thinking gonna, about that we're like, never gonna she... we're never gonna see her again after this movie <laughs> it is so cool that she did poor things as mom and I'm like that's that's some like as a mom myself I, I I I'm like I like that use of I like that um like it's okay not- so who wins SAG who wins like, SAG for actress like she was like Lydia Tarr like that's you know it's like she's Bella Bax- but I do think her performance is so good like as someone with a toddler I was like I wanted to die like I was like this is too much and she does a really good job of like like the learning and like ex- the real like connection in her eyes when she understands something like it was so real which I, I don't understand how you can do that um who wins SAG actress Emma Annette Lynette in there wait wait hold on BAFTAs are first so who wins BAFTA who's the BAFTA nominees <laughs> it is hold on let me pull it up because I cannot remember the, what is the girl's name from Rylane? She's so good. Oh, I love her, Vivian. Also, it's like it's like when there's like a one-off of a person that's like not the usual suspects, and then everyone targets them. And I'm like, why can't people okay, have? So the oh, I forgot Fantasia got in. So Fantasia for the color purple, Sandra Huller for Anatomy of a Fall, Carrie Mulligan, Maestro, Vivian Opara, Rylane, Margot Robbie, Barbie. Emma Stone, poor things. That's the BAFTA line. I think it's either Sandra or Emma. Okay. And then... Robbie would be a very bizarre win here. Yeah. But so then, like a week later... So that's on the 18th. The 22nd Oscar voting begins. Okay. 
Then the 24th is SAG. What if it's a net? That's what I mean. What if it's a net? That is such a SAG friendly audience. Like, it's just. Annette, Jody, Bradley. Uh, who's the other person? Ryan. <laughs> okay, because SAG, the lineup is Annette, Lily, Carrie, Margot, Emma. I feel like it's Annette. I think it could, Margot could get in there just because people like, it's more so at this point for Barbie. It's like people feel bad. Okay, so. You think ensemble goes to Oppie? I guess. Oh my god, I didn't realize Rami Malik is included in the exactly. ensemble. Exactly. And Josh Hartnett, the two yeah. best performances outside of Killian in the movie. Like hell Gary yeah. Goldman. He's not included. It's no. Casey Affleck, Emily Blunt, Kenneth Branagh, Matt Damon, RDJ, Josh Hartnett, Rami Malik, Killian, and Florence. Can I tell you, like, on Letterboxd, I've been watching all these movies, and I'm like, there's these actors that will pop up, and I'm like, when did I watch them in a movie? And it's and like, it says they were in Oppenheimer. <laughs> <laughs> like, huh? <laughs> it's so funny. You okay. help I watch so many Casey Affleck films this year. <laughs> I cannot believe he's included in the ensemble. That is fucking crazy. It is the most pivotal part of the film. Um... Ensemble, you think is Oppie, and then you think winning actress is Annette? I can, I mean, the Jamie Lee Curtis of it all. That's what I mean. And like, she just like, I don't know, it just feels like somewhere that would give her the momentum. Like, it would feel And they're weird. not going to give it to Jody. Because like, Devine is just so. Yeah, I think it's Devine. And I just feel like. Also, if we're being completely honest here, like completely honest, if you're looking at the ensemble, I'm lower on the color purple, but there is no way that's not the best ensemble listed. Like, it's fucking crazy that no one's even talking about how, like, it's the best ensemble. Yeah. Honestly, I I feel like it could be color purple or um, American fiction. I just feel like the color purple, like, all of that hype has just completely gone. It's so sad. It's also like, I don't know, I keep hating, I don't want to keep saying like, oh, people feel bad for them. I feel like it's like the scandal. People are like, oh, we're act. Like, you have to think about it from like an, like actors, like we're actors. Like, yeah. we're gonna, you know, and it's like that story of everything, like it speaks to the actors. And I think the same thing with American fiction also speaks to like, the majority of people that are in SAG and are not like all stars and all this well, stuff. Well, and I like the idea of like the American fiction, like the reinventing to fit what sells, kind of like, especially with like the conversation around like blockbusters versus like, yeah, smaller films. Okay, so I think that SAG, who? I'm like, who was Coda against when it won? Because <laughs> that's like new gen. I don't talk about that year. Power of the dog. <laughs> um. Okay. Do you think it's more likely that Emma Stone wins SAG or Lily Gladstone? No, what her narrative is. That's why I feel like Lily wins SAG. And then I think 
that BAFTA goes to Sandra. Lily then wins SAG. And I think that Barbie wins Ensemble. Can I say the 2021 SAG Outstanding Cast nominations is one of the worst I've ever seen. What is it? I don't remember. Foda. Don't Look Up. Oh my god. House of Gucci. Belfast. And King Richard. Oh my god. <sighs> oh my god. Um. <laughs> okay. So then, let's say there are two paths. Okay. Emma Stone wins everything. She wins BAFTA. She wins SAG. She obviously then would win the Oscar. Okay. Does Emma Stone still win the Oscar if she only wins BAFTA but not SAG? I mean, I think, it, I think it's dependent on if it's Lily that beats her. Like, if it's Annette, I think that Emma still wins Oscar. But if Lily beats her, like, we're not going to know who's winning until. I mean, it didn't work for Austin last year. Just BAFTA? Yeah. And he lost Critics' Choice? And he lost that. I just don't think, like, I feel like Critics is like, I mean, Kate also won BAFTA and lost SAG and lost the Oscar. She got Critics' Choice, too. Yeah, but, like, okay, apparently to the Critics' Choice CEO was that night that she lost her Oscar chance because of her speech. I think... I'm so curious to see the... Because, okay, do you think Poor Things wins anything other than Emma? At, like, just in general? At the Oscars. Maybe costumes? Not production. I think costumes and production get split. And you think costumes is more likely for poor things over Barbie? Yeah. Okay. But that's it. Nothing else? No. It's just like, that is such a weird pairing also. Costumes and lead actress. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't even, I don't think it's, I think it's like when you have maestro and makeup, like, I don't think it's a makeup, like, I don't think it has a chance in, like, the makeup, because it's, like, kind of just the wigs and Willem Dafoe's face, but, like, he's not nominated. That's the thing, is, like, he's not nominated, so it's, like. And it's, like, like you're going to stare at Bradley and Carrie all season, and you're, like, oh, yeah, the makeup. Like, yeah, it's resonating. And like Kazu's such a name. Yeah. Also. Like he hasn't um, won. Okay, so here's yeah. my here here's as of February 4th at 4 55 p.m. Pacific. This is what I think. Okay. Sandra wins BAFTA. Yeah. It's like I, I think feel like it's because it's a French movie. Like they're not walking away with nothing. And I, I don't know. It just feels like that movie performed really well. And it has like momentum going. I think it's it. the best original screenplay. I really, it's just between that and the holdovers. I'm curious, what is the. Oh my God, Alain Dore is wearing like a funeral outfit. Wait, is it good? Um, I think it's the vampire's wife. Do you know that brand? Yeah. 
like it's like has some velvet. She has a blunt bang, a bow. Wait, looks what do you think wins original screenplay at BAFTA? Because Barbie's an original there. But like, how much? I need to look up how much Barbie made internationally. Okay, BAFTA original screenplay. The nominees for BAFTA original screenplay, Anatomy of a Fall, Barbie, The Holdovers, Maestro, Past Lives. It's not I, Maestro. And I I don't think it's Past Lives. because I movie... think it's either Anatomy. I don't I feel like confident the, about Barbie, though. And I don't I feel like The Holdovers Holdover is too American. <laughs> yeah, it's too American. Like, just the Laughter. concept of it is American. Well, even, like, Licorice Pizza, like, they awarded it that, but even that feels weird. And that was up against Belfast. <laughs> so the last four years has been Promising Young Woman, which obviously Emerald Fennel is, Fennel is, you know, British. Licorice Pizza, interesting. The Banshees of Inna Sharon, Martin McDonough. And it's, like, where do they go an American route or do they go for one of their own okay so um because okay, I think I think that Sandra wins BAFTA I think something wacky happens at SAG I don't know if it is in lead actor or lead actress i think it's one of those categories annette annette feels the most possible to me yeah or like you said that's where margot robbie wins but i'm i'm thinking barbie pulls off ensemble um and then i think or lily wins sag i just don't think it's emma at sag i don't think so I like that I'm like, it's anyone except the front runner. <laughs> it's just like, um, just it like, just doesn't feel like that's what's going to happen. It's just like, what's the, in- like, what is the incentive of awarding her there? And before everybody yells at us, like, it's the performance. That's not the way this works, unfortunately. If it was, if it was, then Kaylee Spaney would be here, but she's not. Not. Um, um, Okay, and also, also, what was PGA? Oppie? Yeah. What if it's Barbie? That's the only place I think something could challenge Oppie. I think it's more, I think with Barbie, because of that article they put out, like, right before voting, which is, like, again, like, that's why it was nominated for Best Picture, and that's why it's the producer thing i think it's probably like i don't know how producers think but i'm thinking that they're like oh like look at you know like when a project finally gets greenlit after like years and years and years of you know iterations and it made a billion dollars and then it's like oppenheimer is like a movie that shouldn't have worked and it did but that's the same thing with barbie it shouldn't have worked but I feel like it's just like the Barbie story, like the Barbie story has been around longer of like it trying to get made compared to like Oppenheimer. And it's like, if you're a producer, you're like, wow, like it can happen. But I feel like that's the argument for Barbie. I just said that for Barbie. I know, but like, I think the argument that you have for Oppenheimer is the same argument as it is for Barbie. No, Bar- no Oppenheimer is just like, it's just like, wow, like they, they did that. 
Barbie's more like the years that went and the yeah, diff- and that's why I feel yeah. like it could yeah. win PGA. No, that's what I'm saying. So what if that happened? I'm saying I'm just saying like there's but see, more okay in my fake scenario. What if Barbie wins PGA and SAG Ensemble? Does it win picture? I don't think so. I think it's like fourth or fifth in picture. The producers get what are what are, like the producers guild of America? What are they? They're it's gonna. The, it's on the twenty fifth, and that's two days before Oscar voting ends. I'm gonna look up PGA voting ends on the fifteenth. Let's see. Last year, it just feels very. It feels very American. <laughs> so. What is the most American film in this lineup? And it's Barbie. And they usually do that, no? Pick the most American? Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at I'm I'm looking at that feels like Nomadland, 12 Years a Slave, The Big Short, Argo. And there's like one random, like, you know, the King's Speech. The, the Hurt Locker, like, it's what is the most American appealing film, Barbie? Oh, how funny. Margot Robbie just popped up on the screen. Is she there? <laughs> no, it's for some reason it, they changed it to the, the Best Actress Roundtable. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. Um, I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot that can come about i just think actresses it feels very up in the air to me like i'm really mad i didn't read the article once again don't yell at me i don't know what it said because the headline just upset me um i don't fall for bait i don't fall clicking on your article because of a baity headline i think i read Um, it's just like it's just like oh this is what they have right now i just I feel like it's wide open. That's what we love in an Oscar race when it feels like there's no consensus. Um, and I'm really excited to see what the industry does with lead actress, especially because I feel like like two like the supporting categories feel very sewn up. So it's like exciting that like both lead categories feel like a toss up. Yeah, yeah, it's exciting. Um, and you know we're recording right now as the Grammys are happening and Barbenheimer Grammy winners Grammy winners which is cool um you know who also has a Grammy Bradley Bradley Charles Cooper he has two Grammys no no Oscars he did it he did it before Oppenheimer does he have an Emmy has he been nominated for an Emmy um well he hasn't really did has he produced anything i don't think so tv i'm not sure though he made it clear how he did not like being on tv in his sag round table did he really did he talk about nip talk that'd be so cute. no he talked about alias oh but he likes alias like he had jennifer garner moderate a maestro conversation at the time it seemed like he was not a fan wow that's so sad Maybe he's come around to it. Maybe. Maybe. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see like what happens with the industry awards for actress and like 
actor feels very exciting, but I feel like actor really is just Paul and Killian. Yeah. Bradley Cooper continues his always a bridesmaid, never a bride tour. I think if there's a place for him, it's SAG. Well, unlike you, I don't, I'm not a positive person. (laughs) (laughs) I, I think that, um, boost morale. (laughs) I think Bradley Cooper is his Diane Warren era. I'm just trying to boost morale for the Annette Benning fans and the Bradley Cooper fans. <laughs> I think that uh, Cody Foster fans. The Mini Coopers. We're we're taking a seat this season. It's over. It's over. Um, it's like there was so much. Um, I don't know. I cannot believe that SAG did nominate Jeremy Strong. They didn't. No. But he's, I mean, like, obviously in, like, ensemble. Oh, yeah. I was like, what? What movie was he in? But, like, it's just so brutal to not put him in lead actor. Yeah, but, you know, Kieran Culkin. You know, they're probably going to win. Somebody was like, when are they going to put Kieran Culkin in an MCU project? I said, absolutely not. Absolutely never not and please um but i buying gosling to win so that kieran culkin has a chance because make the supporting actor category comedic again um do you think that everyone who is nominated for the lead acting categories has seen or no- found out who the real Agent Argyle is. <laughs> I don't think they know. What's Do you think the- Bradley Cooper knows of the movie Argyle? He was probably asked to be in it. He probably was, to be honest. <laughs> he was their most likely nominees that were probably approached. Coleman Domingo, do you think he has seen it or knows what the movie is? No. He's kind of like someone who, like, I don't know like he seeks out movies like they're not movie like he's not like this movie is coming out on this day like I feel like he just like like is like I love this actor I'm just gonna see what they're up to and like he's like oh I'm gonna watch that movie like he doesn't seem like someone who's like this trailer who's played before every movie (laughs) before every YouTube video Paul Giamatti I feel like he's seen it actually he's probably also approached for it He's probably supposed to be Sam Rockwell's character. I like Sam Rockwell. He's great. Killian Killian has not seen it. I was really happy when Killian has doesn't even know about it. He's just napping. Eating cheese. Jeffrey Wright. Mm, He's too like high class for that mockery. Annette Benny. He was in a Bond movie. He knows the real. Bond. Annette Bunny? No, I feel like she's like off the grid. Lily Gladstone. Oh my god, Meryl Streep is there? <laughs> Mark Ronson's there. Of course she's there. Is it next to Mark Ronson? <laughs> I'm telling you. 
he just ran into other but I was going that's great single single Meryl Street um, um do I think anyone I don't think anyone knows because even like and I feel like just it's not a real movie Harry Mulligan knows about it it seems like a movie honestly that Marcus would be like I want to see this movie and she'd be like why <laughs> Marco Robbie definitely knows about it yeah she's probably like how do we make it again Emma Stone knows about it for sure did yeah. not see yeah. it but knows about it um yeah well I guess that concludes our conversation about just everything all the discourse that's great all the discourse all our burning thoughts all the leading lady contentions um so I guess we'll end our conversation there but I'm excited for things to pick back up again DGA is at the end of the week like it's oh my gosh crazy very crazy um it's really exciting that uh that's coming right after I saw Tenet on the big screen on the biggest screen also I have um I did not see Oppenheimer at City Walk. Oh, I did, did you? Mm-hmm. It was just they what? Up. What scenes are not full IMAX? God, it was so long ago. <laughs> I, I it was really distracting in Tenet, like really distracting. Like it was like really like it was so so many scenes were like spliced together where like one shot was and then like the next one wasn't that it was like it's not like you know like just the fight sequences were full of IMAX it was like they'd be on a boat just like talking and like it would be full IMAX but then like the next scene of them just talking wasn't and I'm like I get it but it's also like very weird to not just like only do like the action sequences in full IMAX but I was like I wonder what Oppenheimer was like because If you're listening and you live in LA, that's the only real well TCL's almost full IMAX. It's just it's not as big as City Walk. City Walk I, is our closest to Lincoln Center. I've seen it in all the different iterations. And I definitely know but where City Walk is just the only I definitely, almost true IMAX. Well, I definitely know which scenes are different in each way that I've seen it, but like it's not. It's like little things that I noticed about like, like because well, if you saw it like if you saw it like Chinese theater, it wouldn't have been as obvious as seeing it at City Walk. Like City Walk is just that much bigger that it's like it's you would see the cutoff. I saw it like on the City Walk, the Chinese theater, the Fox Theater, the Century City Mall, the Grove. Well, Century City and like the wood. Grove, they're not they're Those not even like. Works. Those were the worst ones. They're well, they're not like any bigger than the regular screens. City Walk is the only one you would have been able to tell the difference. The other ones are too small. You wouldn't have never been able to notice. But that's the other thing is so they showed us like a huge scene of Dune part two. And when I saw a different scene of Dune part two, it was at uh Century City, so it's not a real IMAX. But seeing a scene of Dune Part Two at City Walk. I was like, I don't want to see it anywhere else. 
And I'm really sad that City Walk is just such a nightmare that I would never. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. I like that we get to add in like the IMAX conversation after lead actress. (laughs) Feels worthy. It feels worthy. I would see. Yeah, what film would you see in IMAX? I would fucking love Zone of Interest on that screen. a good one it's a good one i think i I mean like i don't really know but like i don't know if i could see it again i kind of want to just because i'm like i don't think i'll get to see it in a theater like i don't think like the opportunity will present itself most likely to see it again once it's out of theaters so i'm like i should go see it it's just emotionally i'm not sure i can handle it obviously you would see oppie again in IMAX. Is that what you would pick? I'd like to see Anatomy of a Fall in IMAX. I feel like it wouldn't work. The little house where he, we think that he fell out the window because he was just having a great time listening that, to his song. That letterbox review is so unhinged. <laughs> I don't know who wrote it, but it is so funny if you're listening this far in and you wrote it. Bravo. <laughs> like, bravo. Like, huh, um, why wasn't that brought up in the case? Who hasn't been jamming so hard to music? They just accidentally <laughs> fall out of their house and die. Um, Launch yeah. an entire investigation into their death. So funny. Um, but you can follow uh, Offscreen Central, our site, offscreencentral.com. On social media, it's Offscreen Central, but screen has no ease. Thank you. Elon Musk for not allowing that. Um, Julian, let the people know where they can follow you. Um, you can follow me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Jillian Chili um, and TikTok at Offscreen with Jillian. You can follow me on everything at Kenzununu. And we'll be here all season long with our our takes are are totally normal not spicy takes but thank you for listening and we'll talk to you next time